Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. Tonight, we are streaming live on both YouTube and Twitter. And we are working on the fly tonight. Normally, I have my show notes prepared leading into the weekend. A, a lot of preparation goes into it. Well, tonight, we're going to have James Katolis on the show from the Superflex Super Show. And his sister is actually going into labor. Best of luck to her. Best of luck to you, James. But we do have a fill-in tonight, and we'll get to him in a second. But, of course, I am joined by Dan LaMagna. That is at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What is going on, Dan? And for anybody listening, we're a few minutes late. I don't want to put the blame on anybody, but it's the guy with the Brahma Bull rock shirt on. Well, well, first of all, I'm thrown off with you not having show notes. That, like I'm out of my mind thinking how you're going to pull this off tonight, JB. I know you're hyped for tonight's show, but no show notes. We'll see how that works out. I am relieved. You know, this is one of my favorite parts of the show because it just sets the energy for it. You know, after eight hours of talking coronavirus today at work as we go remote and, and dealing with that, this is a relief. So it's great to be here with you guys and our listeners. And, uh, you know, I'm doing my part. I'm keeping in touch with Des Bryant during the week after that basketball game. You know, we're tweeting. I'm talking with Uncle Lenny on Instagram. So I'm doing my part during the week, even though we're a couple minutes behind tonight. So are they all going to join you for Easter dinner? Did you extend the invitation? I'm looking at it. You know, Des has this new uh, – you know, X club that if I join, he might come here. So I'll get back to you on that. I told you the restraining order is coming. So <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for it. And then, of course, we are joined in his parents' basement by Mitch Sorensen. That's at Dino MC on Twitter. What is going on, Mitch? Hey, what's going on, guys? It's uh, it's been so hard to keep up on Twitter today. Like, I well, keep, you actually you had to go into work. I, I actually I was had at home. to work today. Yeah, yeah. It, I think I, it was hard. I had to have I, you keep texting me what was going on. And so you know, every update I gave you was actually incorrect. So you're going to be all over the place tonight. <laughs> I believe it. No, and I, I actually, I worked from home today, and I have a six-month-old. My wife was working from home with me, and we just lost Dan, but that's that's okay. It's, it's live here. We're going to bounce back. But I worked at home today, and it was very interesting. So trying to get any work done, and then keeping up with all the free agency news. That was, that was probably my top priority today, but you know, we're going to, we're going to keep going here. We're going to move forward. So like I said, James Katolis is not joining us tonight, but as you can see, we have a fourth member here. He is the host of the father son fantasy football podcast. Find him on Twitter at Justin F S F F. That is a tongue twister. Justin Toth. What's going on, Justin? Thanks for joining us last second. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Of course, you know, I'm just chilling. Also in quarantine, so why not come on, talk some football? You know, got the FSFF. Nice little tongue twister on my podcast. My dad doesn't even know his own Twitter handle, so I had to say that like three <laughs> times in a row. It's not a fun time, you know, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I'm Absolutely. Like I said, we're working on the fly tonight. Literally, I, I messaged you here at like 845 Eastern Standard Time. Hey, are you available? You said you were. So again, thank you very much. And you're probably joining us for the craziest episode we've ever had because of everything that took place today. So initially, we kind of wanted to run through and talk about all the free agent quarterbacks and the contracts and the dynasty implications. We're going to completely blow it up. If I had it on paper here, I would toss it over my shoulder. And Dan, I know that upsets you. I know. But we're we're going to work through it here, guys, as, as, as a group here, we're going to work through it. So basically, we're going to go through a lot of the news today, and typically we talk a lot about statistics, metrics, but it's just it's going to be very conversational tonight. I want to get people that are watching on YouTube and Twitter, jump in the chat, leave comments, leave questions. I'll throw it up on the screen. We'll talk about it. We're going to you know make this very conversational. We're going to get through as many as possible, but first up. The Ryan Tannehill contract. So four years, $118 million, locked in through 2023. $10 million in dead cap if he's cut after 2021. So essentially, he's locked in for 20 and 21. What are your guys' thoughts overall? How does this change his value and the way you're looking at the Titans? And Mitch, let's start with you here. What are your overall thoughts? 
I really liked it for the Titans because it was, it allowed them to franchise Derrick Henry. And I think that was probably the biggest point of this. I'm not never going to go out and buy Tannehill. I'm, he's never going to be a quarterback that I'm going to go out and look to acquire. But him being on the team means that they're able to franchise Henry. And then hopefully Henry can continue what he did the previous couple of years. So how is it impacting Tannehill's dynasty value? Because so we put our tiers together and this is something that Mitch, you're a big stickler for. Mm-hmm. And Dan and I, you know, we're, we're trying to do a lot of things in life here. And Mitch, did you get those tiers done? Did you get those tiers done? Well, we're working through them, but how is it impacting your tiers with Ryan Tannehill? For me, I had him a little bit lower is I'm assuming because of the contract, he's getting bumped up for you. No, I'm keeping him in the same spot. I already had him right next to Jimmy Garoppolo and Drew Locke. And I, consider him in the same spot right now he's they're just guys that i'm okay with having on my team but i'm never gonna go out and be like you know what i need to go get a Tannehill share today it's i'm just never gonna do that i was actually lower on Tannehill, and it was strictly because of the contract and we're gonna get to him a little bit later but kirk cousins was very similar i didn't know what they were gonna do beyond 2020 so because of that i had him a little bit lower dan mitch mentioned derrick henry do you one do you think he plays in 2020 under that franchise tag, we see a lot of running backs. They hold out. What are your overall thoughts on that? I'd definitely be skeptical right now. I mean, we're in a very different time than we've been in past years in fantasy football with guys holding out more as long as a full season. So I think, you know, we're all playing with a lot more risk having Derrick Henry on our roster. And, you know, maybe even the same thing with Dak Prescott, as we'll talk about later with a tag. These guys get tagged. You know, you might be in a startup draft, sliding them a few spots. So I'm a little bit concerned there. Um, You know, Henry seems like a stand-up guy, but money talks. And if he's not happy with that contract, that's a little bit risky. Um, You know, I'm with Mitch with Tannehill. You know, I think, you know, he's still in that tier where I'm not really looking to go out and get him. He does have a little more stability. So, again, if we were in a startup today, I might bump him up from, like, 22 to 16, somewhere in there in the ranks. But every year is unique. My last point will be, you know, last year I saw a big dip in running backs, a lot of depth in receivers, and I was worried. This year, and again, we're just getting into it, as you mentioned, JB, as much as Mitch is hounding us, we're still doing our homework here. But I'm getting a little bit more leery on quarterbacks in Dynasty. And honestly, I think Mahomes and Lamar have so much value right now because they're on top of their game and they're stable. And right after those two, I mean, you got Russ – but we saw Deshaun Watson take a hit today. We've got concerns about Dak and the Cowboys. And then you get into that Wentz-Allen category. I know Justin's going to hop on the Kyler Murray training at some point tonight. Um, but I'm getting a little bit worried about quarterback. If I don't have one of those top guns, whew, I'm nervous. All right, Justin, over to you. How are you looking at it? Because, you know, there are a lot of question marks and a lot of people that are saying A.J. Brown, his stock is up in Dynasty simply because of this. You know, they had that connection Corey Davis, I don't think it mattered who was going to be a quarterback. Absolute rubbish. But Derek Henry, I want to focus on that for a little bit. The the franchise tag, I I am concerned that he holds out. And I know that they had some money available. And he doesn't necessarily have to play under the franchise tag. They could work a deal here after the fact. But is there anything lingering in the back of your mind that he does not play in 2020? I'm seeing a lot of people say, I'm taking him in the first round of star, uh, not startups, but redraft leagues, whenever the time comes. I'm not ready to put him there because there is that concern. I don't want another Le'Veon Bell situation. So, Justin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, let's hope you don't have a redraft anytime soon. You know, that wouldn't be that helpful. But hopefully, come August time, we'll see if he's still possibly going to hold out. I could see it because I know he was mentioning how he wanted Zeke's contract to be a floor for his new deal. And then you get franchise tags. So, I could see him possibly hold out. But from what I heard in his interviews is Derek Henry is a very stand-up guy. And I think it's Matt Harmon who interviewed him, said he was really, really nice. And just, you know, I, I mean, hopefully, you know, not like the kind of head games that you have Le'Veon Bell type players doing. So I could see him also not holding out, but I wouldn't blame him if he did. But I think he plays week one. So, But do you think it's under a new contract? How much cap from the Titans have, do you know, on top of your head? Uh, 40 range, 50 range, but with the new CBA, CBA, I'm sure that's adjusted a little bit. I think he'll get a new deal. I think he deserves it. I think they'll, they'll, they'll income long-term. Here's my thought. If I'm Derrick Henry and I did what I was supposed to do last year and I played in the last year of my deal and I didn't create a fuss, I didn't cause any issues. 
I would want to be rewarded. And I know it, a lot of people, they say it's tough to feel bad for these athletes because they're making the amount of money they are. But if I'm Derrick Henry, I'm saying pay me. Yeah. If you're not going to pay me that longer-term deal, give me the opportunity to go elsewhere. And that's – I don't know. I, I hope we avoid a Le'Veon Bell situation because I do have a lot of Derrick Henry in my dynasty leagues. If if you have him, I don't think you're looking to move him right now unless you can find that person that thinks this franchise tag increases his value because we talked about it on last week's show. In startups, he's actually – he's dropping a little bit. We, we only take part in Superflex startups, but – Whereas some leagues, he, I mean, I've still seen him go early second, but some he's dropped in the fourth round. So, you know, Mitch, what are your thoughts? I, I know we start with you with Ryan Tannehill, but any other thoughts here on the Titans or Derrick Henry concerns, issues? I think the Titans are probably a bottom 10 team if they don't have Henry. And I think they're going to do everything they can to get him signed. It's I don't see it as the same thing as what we saw with Le'Veon Bell because the Steelers were never built around Le'Veon Bell. They were built about around Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown at that time. And so they could deal without Le'Veon Bell. The Titans can't live without Derrick Henry. The, they've already let Deion Lewis go. So they would have to be bringing in just someone off the street to come and fill in that role. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to want that veteran presence there. Okay. Now we have a lot of guys we want to get through. Again, I typically, this is, more streamlined, more flow to it, but we're going to be jumping all over the map. A lot of changes here. I mentioned them already. Kirk Cousins, two-year extension through 2022. Is his value impacted in Dynasty? Are you buying, selling? What are your thoughts? Justin, we're going to start with you on this one. I don't like Kirk Cousins. He kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say right there, like you know, you have Stefan Diggs. You're not giving him the ball. That's my biggest problem. We'll wait, 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 wait a second. So, you think he sucks as a quarterback or just for fantasy purposes? Because fantasy purposes, he's steady, but I wouldn't like pay up for him now. I think stability for the contract is good for him, but I still think he's a lower end QB2 in fantasy with some, you know, QB1 gains. But in Dynasty, I'd rather have guys like Sam Darnold. Uh, I'd rather have Jimmy G than Cousins in the chat. I see that. And I'd also rather have uh, Daniel Jones than Cousins. So, oh, well, yeah. so here's the thing I just threw it up on the screen Cousins or Jimmy G. So we already know Jimmy G's situation, we know what they have around him. We're assuming because of the first round pick they acquired today that maybe CD Lamb, there's a lot of excitement there. But Kirk Cousins, he was going later than like you could get him at quarterback 22, 23. I actually, I'm okay bumping him up. I'm okay bumping Ryan Tannehill up. You get some, some stability here in the contracts. And, you know, it's something we want to look for in Dynasty. We're not going to look 10 years down the road. At least I'm not. And if you are, I think you're doing it wrong. But we look two or three years down the road, and that's exactly what we're getting from these guys. So I'm okay bumping them up. Dan, very impromptu. Kirk Cousins or Jimmy G? Who do you want in Dynasty? In my still too early rankings, I have Jimmy G one slot ahead of Kirk Cousins. You know, I heard a stat today about Kirk Cousins. You take away one bad game last year. He he put up pretty decent numbers. And as we're analyzing the quarterback situation more than we've probably ever have with all these free agents on the market, you look at each team, they're probably looking, all right, what's our options? Can we get someone in the draft? Minnesota knows they can't. Is there someone on the market better than Kirk Cousins? Probably not. You know, so then they're probably looking next year, year after. They're a team that's contending right now. So they're, they're probably not replacing that quarterback for a couple of years. So I think it makes sense, you know, looking at maybe a three-year plan for the Vikings, even though I agree with Justin, it's too much. You know, I don't think anyone's excited about paying Kirk Cousins. I'm sure the Vikings and their private meetings are not that excited about paying Kirk Cousins that much money. But to win now, to restructure his contract, give him a shot at the Super Bowl this year, you know, it helps them. And I think for fantasy-wise, what it gives us is stability. We know at least for three years we're going to have Kirk Cousins. He's probably not going to thrill us. All four of us in this call right now are probably going to try to trade him. If we had him, we're probably not buying him. But if it makes sense, he might be on a roster or two. There's no way I'm trading Kirk Cousins right now because the sentiment that you guys have, it seems like the Dynasty community shares. Kirk Cousins, he's not a sexy pick. Jimmy Garoppolo, typically, unless you're a Niners faithful, he's not a sexy pick. And that's why these guys slipped on the startups. They're the guys that are tremendous value. And Mitch, I'm going to throw one of your lines in there, but Matthew Stafford, he's he's available in the seventh round of Superflex startups right now. Tremendous value. And it's the same thing we're seeing with Cousins and Jimmy G. But if I have to pick between the two, I like the situation that Jimmy Garoppolo's in. I, 
I don't want to say it, but I do think there's more stability in that Niners organization. Maybe a little less dysfunction. I'll throw that word out there for Dan. But I'm going to pick Jimmy Garoppolo over Cousins, but it might be a one-tier separation. Now, again, I'm just going to keep throwing things up from the chat here. Cousins with Diggs. You know, dynasty troll here. They're taking Cousins over Garoppolo. Mitch, what are your thoughts here on Stephon Diggs? Because I tweeted out he is basically the NFL player that cries wolf. Every wolf, wolf. I say, I say words funny. Wolf, wolf. So every week it seems like he's tweet, tweeting something out. You know, this is the week I'm, I'm moving on. What are your thoughts on Diggs? Do you think he goes anywhere here? during this free agency frenzy and, and, and do you think it gets traded here so before justin starts to yell at me about this it's gonna um <laughs> there's so Diggs is kind of he reminds me a lot of odell he really does he's a really talented guy probably one of the bet probably the best route running wide receiver in the league i don't think there's anyone even close to there i think according to matt Harmon, but he's kind of a head case and so you might say he's one step away from Antonio Brown because that was the comp after college. No, no. See, Antonio Brown's like on another level, but I think he's right next to Odell as far as do you really want him on your team? Because he's he had issues during last season. This whole offseason we've seen he's done nothing but post stuff on Twitter and he's working out wearing Arizona Cardinal shirts. It's Well, that was his brother's shirt because he had no other clothes to wear that day i think that was the explanation we got it makes a lot of sense right it's hard for him to buy clothes but i actually love Diggs. if he goes to another team i'm completely all about picking him up but i don't think there's a reason to go out and buy him right now just because cousin signed that deal i'm gonna hop in here jb Uh, i think we saw that with Diggs in the postseason and it's coming out more and more closer to odell where he's ready to blow his lid and, you know, we're seeing it on Twitter today. And I think it's – if the going's good, Diggs will be okay in Minnesota. But I think once the going gets bad, I think they're going to turn on Cousins real quick. And, and that even builds the argument for Jimmy GQ there over Cousins. All right, Justin, as you can see, these guys, I pose a question. They never answer it. They they spin in circles. They spin in circles. I want a definitive answer, Justin. Mm-hmm. Is Stephon Diggs going to be a Minnesota Viking week one of 2020? I talked to him this morning on the phone. Uh, he told me <laughs> that he was actually going to get traded. He's not going to be in the Vikings. It's going to be like within the next week or two. All right, so throw a prediction out. Where's he going? Three spots. You got Seahawks, you got Oakland, or you got New England. See, I keep seeing the Seahawks. Or you have a team. Now. You have a See, team that, Seahawks either. You have a team that runs the ball 78 times a game. You already have Tyler Lockett. You have DK Metcalf, who people, and rightfully so, but people are just goo-goo and gaga over him. I don't like Diggs for the Seahawks. I, I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense based on what they're doing. Unlock and Russell way- Wilson. That's what you got to do. Unlock Russell Wilson. Give him to his highest potential. Air out that offense. Is it ever going to happen under Pete Carroll, though? I don't yeah, think so. I mean, if he has the players like Diggs, Metcalf, and Lockett, maybe. But I think that's probably like the least likely spot. But I heard that popping up on Twitter today. So I'm, I'm interested by it if it happens. But I don't see it happening. I think Oakland or New England is more likely. Maybe Houston now. Houston would be interesting. I think Oakland would actually be a really interesting spot because you give them a legitimate wide receiver one, Darren Waller, and they insist that Josh Jacobs is going to be more involved in the passing game, even though they have Jalen Richard. But who knows? I I think that would be very interesting, especially because I've made my prediction. Derek Carr is going to remain an Oakland Raider, or sorry, Las Vegas Raider, and he's going to be the starting quarterback there in week one. You can throw all this Tom Brady crap out the window because he's not going to Las Vegas. So um, we talked about Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, a little bit of the, um, the the Vikings overall and the Titans. This is the big one, and we probably should have led off with this, but again, I just put these notes together, what, 25 minutes ago? The big trade that everybody's talking about, David Johnson with his entire salary – plus a second, plus a 2021 fourth to the Texans for DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth. Mitch, what are your overall thoughts on this? So forget about the trade itself because we know it's garbage. And we know that O'Brien, he has absolutely no clue what he's doing. He he shouldn't even be the coach, let alone the general manager, in my opinion. But let's talk about David Johnson's dynasty value and DeAndre Hopkins. And then let's get into the quarterbacks. Let's, Let's start with the players first. David Johnson. Are you doing anything differently today 
than you were yesterday when it comes to David Johnson and Dynasty? I'm happy to have him on my team now, but I'm not going to go out and try to acquire him, and I'm not willing to sell him now either because it actually is a good situation. This is one where I'm actually willing to hold, and I'm kind of hedging my bet a little bit because I don't want to sell him off my team and see him blow up, but I also don't want to go out and acquire him for his elevated price and then see him after three games get injured again and because he hasn't been good in three years. So that's my biggest problem with David Johnson. But I'm sure we're going to move to Hopkins next, so I'll just go over that real quick. But Hopkins and that Arizona offense is going to be awesome. They have Fitzgerald and Kirk in the slot. They have Hopkins outside, and they can play Keyshawn, whoever they want on the other side. It's going to be amazing. And Kyler Murray probably should be quarterback four right now in Dynasty Leagues. I'm actually seeing him bumped up to quarterback three in a lot of situations, right behind, obviously, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Dan, let's go over to you. Are you... If you have David Johnson on your roster, what are you looking to do with him? And then I also want your feedback on DeAndre Hopkins. It, overall, I don't think this really impacts his value. I think he's still a top-tier wide receiver, but now he's not going to get that 30-plus percent target share. Is that a concern? So, again, I'm throwing two questions at you. Answer them however you want. Yeah, I'm still getting unstuck from Mitch Bench and Keyshawn again with the Cardinals. Is that guy really going to see the field this year, Mitch? Get, get, get him out of the plans. They got too many rookies, free agents. There are talks that he could be moved, though. And, you know, there are some teams that need wide receivers. But anyway, Dan, go ahead. He'll be somebody's backup. But anyhow, the relevant news, uh, looking at that Texans, you know, I think we were chatting during the week, Mitch, a little bit in our group with Carlos Hyde. You know, I think Houston offered him a contract. He declines it. You know, I wonder if he's going to be kicking himself now that David Johnson slides in there. Where does he end up going, staying? You know, does David Johnson fit, go into that Carlos Hyde role now? So, you know, if he gets his core muscles and his back straightened out, he at least has some fantasy relevance. But I'm not trading for him. I think it'd have to be the right place in a startup draft for him to find any of my rosters. As far as Nuke, wow. I mean, that's just elevates there in Arizona and that type of offense. I think Mitch was touching on the Arizona offense with all those receivers. Well, boy, here's the answer to our question is Nuke Hopkins comes in there. Kyler Murray's stock rises. Great. And I think it's just a matter of time before the Texans fans boo coach O'Brien off the field. Cause it is really self-destructing. This isn't the first bad trade we've looked at and said, what the heck's he doing? He just keeps, he keeps topping himself. This is the icing on the cake. Well, they made the move last year where they brought in Duke Johnson and what became a third round pick and they didn't even use them. And they used Carlos, Carlos Hyde, the plotter that, you know, I had a big conversation here on Twitter. I think it was yesterday about PFF and Carlos Hyde and how he's a top 12 rated running back, which I think is absolute rubbish. But that that's a conversation for another day. Justin, David Johnson, you have him on your roster. Are you holding him? Or are you looking to sell him? And if you're selling him, for what? In terms of picks. You know, I'm probably holding him. I mean, if you can get, I'd say, a late first, obviously I'd do that. But more likely you're probably Who is moving first. a late first for David? Some Johnson. people, I mean, in one of my leagues, one guy gave up a 2021 first, second, third, and fourth for David Johnson. So it's possible. you Can get. Can I have there. his contact in <laughs> is that Is there any orphans uh, in that league? Yeah. <laughs> I got to hop in that, yeah. Um, so I'm probably holding him. I have him in a couple of leagues. I like David Johnson, but he's not the same. You know, he finished outside the top 50, I think, in Juke great last year, which is just not what you want to see. And now he's probably, you know, volume is possibly going to be there. So I like that looking forward for David Johnson, but I'm probably holding him. All right. And then DeAndre Hopkins, is there any concern that he's not going to be the only show in town? I mean, again, we saw a 30 plus percent target share with Deshaun Watson. There are a few additional weapons there for Kyler Murray. We know that he's going to use Ky uh, Kenyon Drake out of the backfield and no real tight ends to speak of, but Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, at least for 2020, there are some other options there for Kyler Murray. Yeah, I think you can also like balance it out with the volume of plays you're going to be able to run and you know he'll get some targets. I think you're not going to see a 30% target share, but you can definitely still see above 22%. I wouldn't be shocked about that, but I'm probably selling DeAndre Hopkins in Dynasty because it's hard to find guys to go to a new quarterback to you know do the same production that they're used to. So I may try to sell high right now on Hopkins, but no problem holding them. Obviously, it's going to be a nice little... You want Hopkins, Dan? Mitch, doesn't he have Hopkins in our league? Mitch, Mitch and I are both going to go and send you an offer, and then you're going to tell us Bart said no later. So don't give yeah, us that. Don't give me that Hopkins. Hopkins. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we're reeling it back in here, and I'm going to bounce it over to you, Dan. So 
we talked about Kyler Murray, and we have a comment here. Murray's stock is skyrocketing. Mitch said he's okay having him at quarterback four. And with the situation, what we saw last year, I might be okay, actually, like I said, bringing him to quarterback three. Not right behind Jackson and Mahomes. There's certainly a tier break, but he's probably going to be in that second tier for me now. And previously, I think I had him right there in the third, maybe top of the fourth. But what are your thoughts on Kyler Murray? Buying, selling, value spike? I mean, obviously, it's not dropping. So what are your thoughts overall? At this point in time, and you know we draft at all different times, whether it's startups, best ball, I know Justin's a redraft guy, but if I'm in a draft today, I'm evaluating risk. And Kyler jumps up to three or four. And we're talking dynasty, so I say he'd be my number three. I would probably be all in to try to get Mahomes and Lamar. And if I fail, depending on where my draft positioning is, I'm going at Kyler, even ahead of my boy Dak, and that hurts me right now. But I need stability, and that's Kyler Murray. And just because of age, and I, you know, Mitch always busts me with age discrimination, I would take Kyler ahead of Russ at the moment. I would too, and I think that's – I don't, I don't want to say it's recency bias – because I actually had them in the same tier, but certainly now you're adding arguably one of the, you know, the best wide receiver, obviously that's a, again, another conversation for another day, but you know, Michael Thomas, but you know, uh, you're adding such a weapon and the volume of plays, which Justin, you brought up, he's going to rise up people's draft boards here. And he's going to be a first round super flex startup pick. We're seeing it already. So I think it's going to be something that's going to be interesting if you're, you know, if you had them on your roster and you were like, okay, you know, I, I got a value, whether it was a rookie draft or whatever the situation was, maybe you do look to move him because it's such an inflated price right now. And the hype is real. It's kind of like what we saw from Cleveland last year. You know, you had Baker Mayfield, you had Beckham coming in, you had Nick Chubb, obviously, and Jarvis Landry and, you know, People were excited and they thought a lot of things were going to happen with that offense and it didn't really pan out. And I'm not saying the Cardinals are going to suffer that same fate, but it's going to be a spike in value right now. So maybe it would be okay to shop these guys around. Being a Homer football fan too, John, how fun is it going to be watching Nuke and uh, Larry Fitz on the same field? Oh, it's I mean, you have one of the greatest of all time, a Hall of Famer, Larry Fitzgerald, with – one of the greatest in the game currently, DeAndre Hopkins, and it's just going to be absolutely fantastic. Now, for dynasty purposes, I would love to see Larry Fitzgerald hang up the cleats and say thank you very much because I am a big believer in Christian Kirk. And Mitch, you actually you talked me into him. You had him much higher. So what are your thoughts on Christian Kirk, Mitch? Because this is going to impact his at least 2020 production, but it's also going to impact his dynasty value. Are you a buyer? You can't be selling right now, right? No, I'm still buying. I think Justin brought up a good point with the pace of play. They're going to run so many snaps now because they actually have the wide receivers who do it, who can stay on the field the entire time. They had Keyshawn Johnson before. They did. That's very true. It's a great point that you brought up there. And Andy Isabella. But I was looking up earlier and Fitzgerald played like 97% of the snaps last year. And you know Hopkins stays out there all the time. Kirk will stay out there all the time if he can stay healthy this year. I absolutely love – I don't think any of them are going to be the 28% target monsters, but I can see all three of them being in the 20% range. Can you imagine going to practice every day and learning from Larry Fitz and Nuke? That's, That's only going to elevate Kirk's game. He just needs to stay healealthy. That's a great point. Yeah. All right, so that, that's kind of our overall thoughts here on the, the Cardinals and Christian Kirk. I, I, he's going to drop to – Wide receiver 35-ish, probably. That's my guess in startups. Um, you know, we have a comment here in the chat. Dynasty stock by Kirk now. It is plummeting. And unfortunately, it's very similar to the actual stock market, which is in shambles. Throw um, off the key shots dead now for Mitch, just so he could just bury him once and for all in this, this episode <laughs> right now. Thank you. And there's a comment, Hakeem Butler. Why are we including Hakeem Butler? There are talks, again, that we could be seeing one of these wide receivers get moved. I think Hakeem Butler... They should have worked him in possibly in something with the Texans because he could have been an interesting player there, especially when Will Fuller gets hurt after week two. But I'm still not out on Hakeem Butler, and he's absolutely dirt cheap. One comment here, and we're going to the next topic here. Where did that go? There it is. Justin, Hayden Hurst or Blake Jarwin? So we saw Hayden Hurst. He got moved to the Atlanta Falcons 
obviously Austin Hooper, he went to Cleveland. We'll talk about Austin here in a little bit because I have, I think, maybe 60% exposure to Austin Hooper. So we can't go a show without talking about him when he's moved. But we saw Hayden Hurst and a fourth to the Falcons for a second and a fifth. And then we saw Blake Jarwin get the three-year, $24 million extension. In a startup, who are you choosing between those two players? I'm going to have to say, give me Blake Jarwin. Uh, All right, we'll let you stay on the show, but let's hear your reasoning. <laughs> um, I feel like, you know, he's seen some flashes of him, whereas Hershey you see like some, but it's like lesser quality. I think they're both going to be fine options. They're both about the same. I have no problem with either one. I'd probably just take Jarwin. I feel like Dallas's offense is, I mean, they're both going to be like a little high volume. I think Atlanta's probably more high volume because their defense sucks. But yeah, I, you can't go wrong with either one. I'd probably take Jarwin, though, because the familiarity is already there with Dak. That's a great point. I was going to bring that up. The familiarity is there. You know, obviously he's familiar with the system and we saw what Jason Witten, he was actually a, was he top 12? I believe last year, Jason Witten, 114 years old needs to call it quits. And I think he will, unless Jason Garrett shoots over a text or a call, but Blake Jarwin, I actually think his stock is going to skyrocket in startups here. And especially if you're in tight end premium leagues, you're going to have to pull the trigger a lot earlier than you might on like a Hayden Hurst, who a good situation. I'm interested to see if they take another tight end. And we talked about it last week with Blake Jarwin. They give him three years, 24 million. I would be shocked to see them bring in a tight end. And, you know, you guys convinced me last week. I don't know if they're really going to cut into his production. Dalton Schultz, more of a blocking tight end. Dan, you could probably tell us Dalton Schultz's social security number, his high school resume. You probably know all about him, but yeah, Blake Jarwin, he's definitely a guy I was looking to acquire early in the off season and his stock is going to skyrocket with that contract. So, you know, good for him, obviously good for his agent too, because I'm sure he's getting paid as well. Um, Any other thoughts there on Hayden Hurst, Blake Jarwin, before we move on? I'll touch a little bit on Hurst. You know, I think if you want to hear about Jarwin, you listen to our last episode. We broke that down pretty good. I think the contract today just solidified what we all discussed collectively. Hurst, and and real real quick, and Dan, you had him as your big time free agent riser. He was your big ADP riser. So hopefully, you guys tuned in last week. You heard Dan with his, we'll say, unbiased take, even though obviously he's a cowboy. But yeah, it, it was hitting the nail on the head because we are seeing. Uh, we're going to see a spike in value here, but yeah, sorry to interrupt you. No, that's good. Good points. You know, Hey, money talks. It put a little stamp of approval that the organization's buying into them. You know, I think Aussie 27 USA over there said one more year for Jason Witt. And I, I hope so, you know, just in a, in a smaller role. So Jarwin could continue to, you know, blossom in fantasy, but I think there's something to be say about the, you know, the chemistry and timing with a quarterback and his tight end. And hopefully the Dak thing works out and he has that in Jarwin Hayden Hurst is starting all over. I think he's he's kind of a little raw, late bloomer kind of guy. He's a little bit older than your average tight end that's still breaking into the league. Uh, I read an interesting article on him the other day. He overcame a lot, I think, with drug addiction and whatnot. So he, he you know, he's had some challenges in life. But you know, I, I'd question his durability a little bit more, his chemistry with Ryan, where he fits in that offense, and uh, I, I think there's too much more upside for Jarwin versus a Hayden Hurst. All right, Mitch. Austin Hooper, obviously Atlanta Falcons. It was a prime spot for him, but we kind of assumed everybody assumed like it wasn't just a dynasty theory underground secret that Austin Hooper based on the cap situation and the contract he was probably looking for, which he ended up, you know, getting here in Cleveland that he wasn't going to get in Atlanta. So not so much compared to Atlanta, because I think everybody knows it is at least a slight downgrade because he was such a weapon in that offense for the games that he played. He did miss a few, but compared to the other viable options, how do you feel about Cleveland as a landing spot? I actually love the spot for Hooper. I saw a lot of people worried about on Twitter and I really don't understand it with Stefanski coming over. I think they're going to be running a lot of 12 personnel. It's what the Vikings did and they did it at the highest rate in the league last year. And they were very good when they did it. And so You'll have him on the field with Njoku on the other side. You'll have Beckham and Landry actually outside. Landry's always been a slot wide receiver, but now he'll actually be outside. And that'll leave Chubb in the back. I think we'll see very little of Chubb and Hunt in the same backfield. 
And I think one of the big worries is Hooper and Hunt kind of eating into each other's targets kind of in that five to 10 yard section of the field. But I think now with um, them running that 12 personnel, that's not going to be an issue for Hunt or sorry for Hooper and Hunt will come in and he will spell Chubb, but I'm all about Hooper. Now I have him in the exact same spot that I had him when he was in Atlanta. And where is that? Um, he's in the third tier for me. So he's right behind the, like Evan Ingram's and that type. Okay. And then Justin. So we talk about Austin Hooper going to Cleveland, obviously David and Joku, the injury last year wasn't involved when he was healthy. How do you see this impacting? And again, I apologize, but impromptu throwing you in here 15 minutes before the show, but how do you see this impacting Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry? This is your Browns. You better have a good answer, Justin. <laughs> All right. Well, I think Odell is going to be comeback player of the year this year. I think it's just going to happen, you know, another year with Baker Mayfield. I think that Mitch made a good point with the 12 personnel factor of Njoku and Hooper now. I think it's going to eat into some targets in the offense. Stefanski probably, you know, he's usually a run-heavy coach, so targets going to be down all around. So I think it's going to hurt the total passing volume in the offense in a way, and it probably takes away more from – I would say Odell than it does Landry because I know that Baker really does like Landry, but I think it's going to be a hard offensive stop, and hopefully Baker isn't trash. That's what we got to hope for. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> I'm throwing I'm throwing comments out here in the chat, and one pops up on YouTube, one pops up on Twitter, and the one still throws up super flexology. So I need to make sure I get that updated, <laughs> even though I am throwing the uh, the vintage shirt Repping up it. here, super flexology, Mitch. We have to talk about one of your guys, Damian Williams. The Kansas City Chiefs picked up his option here. Dirt cheap. It's a very team-friendly price. What are your overall thoughts? So, obviously, you like Damian Williams, just like Dan was going to invite Leonard Fournette. Well, he calls him Uncle Lenny and Des to his Easter dinner. I think you tried to get Damian over to your house for Thanksgiving Christmas last year. I don't know if that panned out. But what are your thoughts overall? And on Damian Williams and Kansas city as what was known as the premier landing spot for the incoming rookies. My, I have a little bit of a cop out again with Damian Williams because I already have him on so many dynasty teams that I don't need to go out and buy him. Cause I was the one buying him last year when he failed, but I don't see them bringing anybody else. They still need a lot of help on the defense. They need help on the offensive line. Um, Sammy Watkins, who knows if he'll be back next year and who knows if he even wants to play next year. So they probably need another wide receiver. I don't see how they're going to be able to spend good draft capital on a guy who's going to come in and take over for Damian Williams. I'm not going to go out on Twitter like I did last year and tell everyone, (laughs) go buy this guy, go buy this guy. But if you're willing to take the chance, he is one of the backs who could end up helping you win your league this year at his current price. And, and so that would be the reason why I'd be okay going out and getting him now. Now, what are you paying in terms of 2020 picks? Not a 2020 first. If I could get him for maybe the 204, 205, I would be willing to do that because the good running backs in this draft will be gone by that point. And so you're kind of deciding between him and Jalen Hurts, maybe Rager, Rager at that point, depending on how that draft goes. But I mean, it could be rugs at that same spot too. But I think that's the point to where I'd be willing to get Damien Williams, especially if I'm doing it in May when I'm on the clock. Dan, I want your thoughts here because obviously we kind of get the somewhat biased opinion from Mitch who has Damien Williams on every roster. And Dan, I don't think you do. What are your overall thoughts? You know, from Damien Williams with his maybe not dynasty outlook because it's just the one year, you know, where they picked up his contract, but from a 2020 outlook, and then how do you look at that backfield as a landing spot for a rookie? I, mean, I think these are good football moves we're talking about here today, but the four of us are in a startup, let's say, right now. And, you know, Mitch has taken Damian Williams and Hayden – or, sorry, Damian Williams and Austin Hooper before me, and I'm going to slide down there and be very happy with Blake Jarwin and Darwin Thompson – who, when Damian Williams gets hurt, sneaks no. in there with that great speed. Wait, wait, wait. Everybody wanted Darwin Thompson to be a thing last year, and he wasn't. He was a rookie, but 
Playoffs, postseason, oh. the Super Bowl. They gave the ball on the one yard line in the Super Bowl. They had rookie running backs. You don't get an excuse that he was a rookie when he was a running back. Rookie what running backs are supposed to come in and compete immediately. That's why you want them because after three years, they're not down, good man. anymore. Had to get that pass blocking down. They had to get a little more confidence in them. The Super Bowl, the biggest game. Wait, 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 wait. All right, wait, you're talking about the pass blocking. Everybody was excited about Darwin Thompson's pass catching abilities. He wasn't there to block. This year, you're going to see more Darwin Thompson. Oh, now, I'm getting him really late in the draft. Let's understand that. While Mitch is picking Damian Williams, I'm getting somebody good and getting Darwin Thompson later on. So that that's a little bit more my point. I'm just saying Mitch is going to draft Damian too high. I'll get someone else just as good in that same round and then snake Dave, Darwin Thompson later on so he doesn't have the handcuff. And at some point, Thompson steps up. Unless they draft somebody, unless they sign somebody. But to your salary cap points, I don't think that happens. I do see Sammy Watkins leaving, McCall Hardman stepping up. Maybe they pick it up another receiver. Justin, what are your thoughts? You have to break the tie here. Obviously, <laughs> Mitch, very pro Damian. Dan, he's going to take a player later in the draft that eventually he's going to cut for a free agent. Yeah. What are your thoughts? So in our league that you're in with Mitch and you know me with uh Dan uh, we have Darwin Thompson I'll give him to you for what do you what do you want to give him me I'm selling Darwin Thompson that he's trash Mitch tell him again that he's him. not going to trade me Darwin Thompson cuz I've already I offered him stuff for Darwin Thompson we'll, we'll have to do another deal all I'm saying is Damian Williams it looks good for him especially in redraft purposes um they can still bring in it back in the third round depending on who it is but I'm not really concerned about them taking over this year I think what Mitch said, I think Damian Williams could be a league winner, but he's not going to be that consistent option because you saw what happened this year. They're going to use some, you know, if McCoy's still there, they're going to use McCoy. But I want to see what happens if they give Damian Williams the workload. I'm calling it just a quick timeout here. You JB, you've got to do me a favor and cut that clip where Justin said, you got to do this for Mitch and I, where he said you could have Darwin Thompson. You can have Darwin Thompson. There's not a fair trade in my inbox tonight. This clip's going out publicly. All right. I'll, te- well, I'll text in the man the myth of watching right now. <laughs> the big issue is Dan doesn't believe in having draft picks. And so he can't even try to dra- trade for a draft pick for him. you got to do like a five-player for one deal to try to get anything from him. I've got some future draft picks here and there. Dan, your next <laughs> draft pick's in 2024. <laughs> Across all plan. 10 or 12 leagues. All right. So, Davey Williams, I you know, hopefully we get some feedback. I want some some of the the folks here listening to the show tweet at us let us know what your thoughts are if you're in a league with us let us know and obviously mitch you talked about it earlier but we're not going to go out there and tweet the way we did in 2019 about (laughs) david williams because i'm pretty sure you went into hiding for a few weeks you were like punk satani phil and we were waiting to see your shadow but real quick actually i don't even know why i brought punk satani phil up but do you guys know who he is like is that a national thing yeah yeah. Okay. Because in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you're well, yeah, you know, Dan, you don't count for this, but that's true. Justin, you know who Punk's Tony Phil is, right? I know who Punk's Tony Phil is. A good friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> you had him this morning. Talked to him uh, last month, February. Yeah. All right. So Mitch, he's still he's still okay with Damian Williams. Dan, he is not. He's looking for Darwin Thompson late in the draft. Justin, he is having lunch with Punxsutawney Phil. Um, (laughs) This isn't breaking news today, but Hunter Henry. So we talked about Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry. Justin, what are your thoughts? He was tagged. We're not sure what the quarterback situation is going to look like there. And last week we talked about him. So we won't go into too much detail. We talked about him versus Austin Hooper. But let's say Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry, who would you rather have in Dynasty right now? I'm sorry, JV. I'm sorry. It's got to be Hunter Henry for me. Um, they are both very similar prospects within athleticism. But I like Hunter Henry just because I think less target volume in that offense, especially now. So I'll go with Hunter Henry. Injuries are a concern, but, you know, both are back-to-back in my rankings. Okay. Hold on. Oh, wait, hold on. So I was going to say San Diego. But Los Angeles Chargers have Austin Eckler. Yeah. They have Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm, Mike Williams. Man, Mike Williams trash. No. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Dan's about to go Mike Williams, Yeah, Dan, you got him on your roster. You can keep him there. Mike Williams overrated. I'm actually coming around on Mike Williams a little bit, guys. Oh, I mean, what, for wide receiver 42, something like that? That's pretty much where he's going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God, I mean, uh, I don't know. You got Landry, Odell, um, Hunt. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
depends who the quarterback is too. If it's going to be Justin Herbert, he may just hone in on Keenan Allen mm-hmm. and the tight end more than Mike Williams. I would have liked to have seen a longer term contract. The tag doesn't instill a lot of confidence for me. It's just like we talked about Derrick Henry. I would be shocked if Hunter Henry held out. You know, we we don't really hear about tight ends holding out all that Raiders often. Raiders just signed Mariota live. Nice. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Okay, that is perfect. So, well, one last thought, Hunter Henry thought here. So let's say Ty God's the quarterback. Worst case scenario. Is it a Ty God Charles Clay reunion? You know, I think he hits Hunter Henry. And is that tag just because they need to see him stay healthy for a year? You know what? You're not going to pay that big money. It's an opportunity to tag him now until he he kind of goes off next season. I'm with you. Real quick, Justin, who is your source? It's not one of those fake accounts for for Mariota to the Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report. There we oh, go. I don't know. That sounds a little sketchy. Why well, just want to make sure that we have our sources? Multiple sources, it says. Yeah. Well, this probably, how long edit. before Mariota takes over for Carr? Carr's I mean, not long for Oakland. I know, John, you're a huge Carr fan as far as Oakland this year. I don't think if there's a competent quarterback behind him. I'm not saying Mariota's competent, but if he can prove to be, there's. I don't think there's any way Carr plays all 16 games this week, this year. Why? Why? He's not aggressive. The only reason why he has decent stats as far, if you go on like pro football reference, you look him up, you're like, hey, he was actually kind of decent. He always has like the lowest yards per target. He's not aggressive at all. And Gruden doesn't. How, wait, 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 wait. How are you going to be aggressive when your options options are Jalen Richard, Josh Jacobs, who's not out there on passing downs, and then you have underneath routes with Hunter Renfro. Of course, the average depth of the target's not going to be much. And then you have Darren Waller. Who else Tyrell is he throwing Williams? to? Their first round draft pick, CD Stephon Diggs. Exactly. <laughs> Stephon Diggs, who gets traded over. <laughs> Throw Diggs over. He still will, but he's always been that way. I mean, you could, he was that way when he had Amari Cooper. I and think more of the problem is John Gruden. Uh, there's not a vote of confidence from the head coach. I love John Gruden. Oh, I see. Me too, but I'm just saying he won't give him a vote of confidence. And I I think that makes him a little scary in dynasty right now is I'm with you, John. I, I, I buy the pitch for car, but I don't think John Gruden agrees with this. And I think if they're not performing, he'll pull the plug quick. If he wanted (laughs) him to be gone, I'm getting all fired up. (laughs) I've been cooped up all day in my house. I'm, I'm all revved up. If he wanted him to be gone, I think he would be. And do we know where the contract is on Mariota? Have we two seen year. two year? Uh, what, what type of money are we looking eh, at? Probably not that much. I would not. Four hundred million. Four. Four hundred million. <laughs> Three hundred fifty up front. All right. Well, it, yeah, Justin, can you look that up? Yeah. We, we, we make our guests do all the legwork here on <laughs> Dynasty Theory, but Mrs. Lions, Mrs. Lions just got linebacker Jamie Collins. Not big news, but for the Lions fan there, I want him to keep them updated. Of course, because that's who the Lions sign. It's like any old washed-up Patriots. They're like, hey, why don't we go to the Lions get overpaid again? Well, all I know is, and Dan, you keep trying to dump him on me in every trade offer. I like Derek Carr. I think he is their option to move forward. But there still was obviously uncertainty. But the fact that they brought in Marcus Mariota, do they draft a quarterback now? I don't know. Add weapons around Derek Carr, and I think he gets back to his form where he was, you know, up for MVP. And Mitch, you're shaking your head. I, this could be an had, explosive offense in Oakland. Dave, Carr could prove everybody wrong this season. He with, very well no. could, and he could also be not starting by week eight. There's that risk, but again, it's baked into his price. He is going at quarterback 28, 29. He is free, essentially. And I had somebody reach out to me. They were in a 14-team super flex league. And out of all the options that they presented, I told him to take Derek Carr. And I do think that he is going to return on that value. And I'm hanging my hat on Derek Carr. I had a tweet about it. I think he got two likes, so it really took off. But Derek Carr is my guy. They need to stick with him here in 2020. So, you know, uh, Devontae Freeman. We're just going to completely jump the gun here. Devontae Freeman, he was cut. Does he have any value? Where do you think he lands? What do you think the Falcons do? I know a lot of people, Cam Akers is going to be talk of the town there in Atlanta. If he goes there, they're excited. Should we be that excited about a running back in Atlanta? So, uh, Dan, let's open it up to you. 
overall uh, thoughts there on the Devonte Freeman being cut. I thought that was the kind of sneaky, quiet, not talked about move of the day that may have the most significance as far as opening up an opportunity in Atlanta. And again, is it through the draft? Does Quadri Olson, who kept finding that end zone late in the year, kind of sneak into a no? It's it's. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not Olson. As a pit guy, I, I like Olson, but he's not the answer. All right, but but again, should we be excited about a running back there? I know everybody, Cam Akers, and I, I like him. I do, and I think I have him as my running back three ahead of J.K. Dobbins. We, we talked about Cam Akers. You're okay, all, wait, wait, wait. falling okay. in love okay. with these flashy runs here and there. He can't pass protect. He's not going to be on the field for two, three years, John. All right, forget about wow. Cam Akers. The same way we talked about the Kansas City Chiefs, should we be excited about the Atlanta Falcons as a rookie running back landing spot? They're going to be behind a lot. So they better be able to pass protect. They better be able to catch the ball because if not, it's going to be the Calvin Ridley show. It's going to be the Julio Jones show and apparently Hayden Hurst. Which Atlanta Falcons team shows up? Second half of the season, they came on. We've seen them really be fantasy performers in past years, but they were good when they had the running game to take a little bit of pressure off. If they get that O-line a little bit better, could this Atlanta team improve? You get a Taylor in there in the backfield or DeAndre Swift. I like it. Yeah, it's a you know they got a high scoring offense typically more volume. I mean, yeah, their, their pass pro is not the best, but they did invest in it in the past couple of years. So hopefully, with maturation, you're going to see those guys come into form and actually be able to block. And then they get a Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Dobbins, or in, I think it's a solid landing spot. You know, compared to what it could be. All I'm going to say is I think we need to temper our expectations. If a rookie running back lands in Kansas City. You know, I, I obviously if it's Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, but I'm seeing talks of, oh, if, you know, before the combine, if Zach Moss goes to Kansas City, he's going to shoot up my draft board. Not for me. And I think that's a huge mistake. And I think we're going to see it in Atlanta. They, you know, Devontae Freeman, you might say he's a shell of his former self. And I think he had about 70 targets. So he was somewhat productive in the passing game. I don't think the defense is going to be improved. I'm worried about that offensive line a little bit. We saw Matt Ryan get pressured at a tremendous rate. I don't like this Atlanta landing spot as much as other people do. And there is a slight concern for me. Mitch, do you have any thoughts there? So this is really anecdotal evidence and don't put any weight into this really, but go on Matt Ryan's stats and look it, look him up. Every other year, he's an MVP candidate. It's funny. You laugh, but it's true. You he has a really crappy year, then it's really good. And it's been going on for the last eight seasons. It's just something's going on at this point. Maybe it just ha- happens to do with when his offensive coordinator is changing. It's the second year in the system, and maybe that helps him out that much more. But I'm completely okay getting any running back that goes to Atlanta because Quadre Olison isn't it. He isn't. He's going to be a goal line threat. He's a bulldozer, but he's not going to be their... I don't even want to say long-term answer. He's not even going to be their short-term answer. So a lot of things to look at in Atlanta, and we're going to keep running through this list. This The trade itself is not of offensive fantasy significance, but there are some things to look at here. The Colts traded their first-round pick, which I believe was 13th overall, mm-hmm. to the 49ers for DeForest Buckner. Justin, what are your thoughts? What do you think the Colts are doing here from an offensive perspective, there's a lot of question marks around Jacoby Brissett and a lot of talks that Philip Rivers is the guy to come in. What do you think they do at quarterback? How does it impact the rest of the team from a short and longer term perspective? So I'm throwing a lot at you right there. You, are, you want me to talk about the players, how it impacts them, or just the team itself? Uh, the, the offensive players, the assets, is it's dynasty assets. But let's focus on quarterback first. What do you think they do there? All right. They're going to sign Philip Rivers. He's going to come in. They're going to battle it out in camp between Brissett and him. You're probably going to see Rivers start. And then if he does really bad, they're going to take him out. But I think he's going to be a pretty competent quarterback. I know in redraft, he'll probably be a nice little top 15 quarterback. I could see that. And then dynasty, I like him if you're really pushing off quarterbacks because you got a good offensive line in Indianapolis. You also have Paris Campbell, hopefully injury-free this year. You have Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines out of the backfield, who looked good. And then I thought they were originally going to take a wide receiver in the first round, but maybe in the second round they can do that now. And you also have T.Y. Hilton still there. And it could be worse, but, you know, little dump-off options to Paris Campbell and Naheem Hines and let them do their thing. All right, Mitch, we talk about Phillip Rivers. I, I, I don't want to say it's a lock, but it definitely seems like it's close to that. 
what impact does this have on a player like T.Y. Hillen? So if you look at average depth of target in air yards, Jacoby Brissett, he was few and far between his downfield shots. And Phillip Rivers, while not accurate, he was taking shots down the field. We look at Mike Williams, who was around a 50% catch rate, but he had about 100 targets. So I would think that Phillip Rivers would have a positive impact, at least on T.Y. Hilton's usage down the field. What are your overall thoughts there? I really like Hilton going forward still because his price isn't a lot. You could probably get him in almost the ninth or 10th round of a startup, which I think is fair for even what a ceiling is. My biggest worry with Phillip Rivers is if you watch him last year, that arm motion was horrible. We didn't hear anything about him having an injury. It wasn't like a Drew Brees situation to where we kind of knew his shoulder was giving him issues going into the season. It was like a trebuchet. It was the old, oh, Brian Leftwich throwing motion to where it starts off at his kneecap and he just kind of throws it over the top of his head as hard as he can. And I'm really worried about Phillip Rivers on any team. If he could succeed, it'll be on the Colts because they could keep him standing up. But I'm okay with Hilton still because I don't think anyone else that offense is very good. So I'm okay with him. See, we seem to have this mindset and the Colts line. It's very good from a running perspective. But if you look at the amount of times Jacoby Brissett, and some of this could be on Jacoby Brissett, you know, maybe he's holding on to the ball too long or just maybe they're the options aren't getting open. T Y Hilton's missed some time. Paris Campbell wasn't available, but he was pressured at a tremendous rate. And if you throw Phillip rivers in a situation like that, I don't think he's going to be successful. I don't like the move personally, but from a dynasty perspective, I have Phillip Rivers left over on a few teams. I'm looking to move him. If he signs with the Colts, give me a second. You know, would you do like a 206, 206 for Rivers. If you, if you had Rivers and you're moving him for a 206, would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean, in Superflex, I'm probably going to get Jordan Love there. I don't know if he's going to creep up many draft boards. Um, you know, so. I don't love the idea of Philip Rivers there. You, you in, need Philip Rivers to go there, John, because if he doesn't, he is irrelevant. You might as well just cut him. I think to Mitch's oh, point, absolutely, absolutely, he looked bad last year, but he needs the perfect situation. And if there is a perfect situation, is the Colts. I think at least for Dynasty, keeps him as a streamer for one to two seasons. I think Jacoby Brissett is a great backup quarterback. You know who's very serviceable, but the Colts know he's not the answer to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the postseason. So you give Rivers this great offensive line. The pressure's off him with the running game still. He has Hilton and Campbell. Hopefully they could pick up another receiver. I think he has an offensive coordinator there in Indianapolis who was his coordinator in Sandy, with the Chargers in the past. And then you got Frank Reich, who's the quarterback guru. Um, I, I think you at least have some value, John, that you didn't have otherwise. No, if he goes there, like I said, I'm looking to move. And we have a comment in the chat here about Mike Williams. He had the – very well might have been the top yards per reception at 20.4, but a catch rate about 55%. So Philip Rivers was taking the deep shots, and that's one reason. If Philip Rivers goes to Indianapolis, I like the opportunity presented for T.Y. Hilton in the deep game. But – how many of those are going to be catchable balls? I don't know. And I just, you know, Jacoby Brissett, he was more than serviceable before the injury last year. It seemed like that was the breaking point. Once the injury took place, we didn't really see a serviceable quarterback out of Jacoby Brissett. One last thing on that offensive line. Jacoby Brissett had the second highest time to throw in the league. The only, buddy high, the only person higher than him was Kirk Cousins. So it was the line giving him time. Brissett was just holding onto the ball for too long. See, and that's why I have you here, Mitch. Jumping on here. Throwing Next Gen Stats, out. they're awesome. I love that site, man. They are. I, I use them. I, I use airyards.com, but I also use Next Gen Stats for air yards. Uh, average depth of target, but yeah, a great resource. So thank you for providing that. I'm looking through some other things that came up. Jimmy Graham somewhat recently, <laughs> two years, 16 million, 9 million guaranteed. My dad's happy. All right. <laughs> I, I have one that we should actually bring up. So Dak Prescott got the franchise tag. Amari Cooper is a complete free agent now. Brian Brian Jones is already gone. Um, Byron, they, Jones. Byron Jones, sorry. And then Jarwin just got the extension. There's no Randall Cobb anymore. So right now, as far as 
fantasy assets that we actually care about. There's Dak, Zeke, Gallup, and Jarwin. That's it. There's a really good chance that Cooper doesn't come back to the Redskins. Cowboys. Holy crap. What, what are you saying <laughs> over there? You sniffing paint chips tonight? Yeah, what, what are you doing? <laughs> There's a good chance that he doesn't go back to the Cowboys. So Because he'll be on the Redskins. Does that make it better? It does a little mm. bit, you know. I'm going to keep that in the show, though. We're not, we're not cutting. Out. We're not letting you off easy. All right, Justin Amari Cooper. Where do you think he ends up? Sheesh, he's got to stay. I mean, I can see Houston now. But I think, you know, for Dan's sake, I'll say he'll stay. And they're stupid for signing him over Byron Jones, but it's what's going to happen. They got to do what they got to do. You got to have the Cooper. I mean, I'm not faulting it, but from a team perspective, I'd rather have Byron Jones than Amari Cooper. But if he doesn't stay, I'm saying Houston or New England. Yeah. Houston actually, it, it makes sense strictly because who are the options? Kenny Stills, Kiki. There's not a lot of options there. So Dan, we're, let's turn it over to you. I I said we weren't going to talk about the Cowboys too much tonight, but I'm going to let you have your five minutes here. Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper. What are your thoughts here? Because what is Jerry Jones doing? Is there too much dysfunction here in Dallas? I think we all need to stay calm. All right, that's we're, we're hitting the panic button a little bit too soon. Free agency officially didn't even start till Wednesday. Okay, we're 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 early here. All right, it's, it's, <laughs> you got businessmen in the Jones family. They're playing a little bit of hardball. I, I know we're panicking a little bit. I don't, I think they had some serious talks with Cooper's agent going on right now. They plan on resigning him. I'm hoping Cooper's good to his word and says I want to finish my career in Dallas, and that's not just you know a little negotiating talk there to appease the fans. But I, I do think they re-sign him. And, you know, Cobb, what's the market going to be for him? I know we're saying they have no weapons there, Mitch. But I see Cobb is one that they'll re-sign if they can get him at a value. If not, they'll find a slot receiver. I think there's some options that they'll get at a lower price that they do a pretty good job of filling that spot every year. I can't see Cooper going anywhere. Now, on the flip side, money talks. And I know players' loyalty could be fickle. And, you know, the Eagles or the Texans come in there with a big payday. I don't think the Texans are competent enough. I really have no clue what they're doing. But I can see someone like the Eagles making a run at them who needs a big-time receiver. That, that market value is high. It's going to be a happy price tag. Byron Jones, I think they, they're okay losing there, Justin. I think they pick 17th in the draft. Could they move up a few slots? There's a solid D-backs slide to them there. Again, he did not get turnovers, Byron Jones. He's a good coverage Took away player. half a field, though. Took away half that field. Did you see, they made him the highest paid DB in the National Football hey, League. I you, Byron Jones is not the highest paid DB, not the best DB in the National Football League. I've watched him many times. He is beatable. Doesn't get right, turnovers. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll hit on IDP next week. <laughs> yeah, right? Obviously, that's our forte. But, Dan – how badly are they botching this Dak Prescott situation? He has shown that he is a top-end quarterback in the NFL. And what are they doing? I, I, I don't get it. Pay the man. Extend him to a long-term contract. Don't sit there and – I was going to say something, but this is a family-friendly show. And you know, just franchise him. Pay the man his money. He has shown what he can do for that team. What are they doing? Somewhere along the negotiating trail, they gambled and lost. Without a doubt, I think there was there had to be a window somewhere where they could have paid a little more than the market value at that time looking ahead. And they gambled and they lost, and now they're paying a premium. And I, Dallas has a history of waiting to the last minute. We saw it with Zeke. We saw it with Emmett Smith. But at the end of the day, they'll get the deal done. Again, is it ideal? You know, I'd love to see the guy in camp with McCarthy. I think that'll be the really interesting thing. You always hear Dak say, hey, I, I bet on myself before. I'm hoping he bets on, on himself again, keeps negotiating with this franchise tag, and comes to camp on time so they can focus on Cooper. But they are playing with fire right now, the Jones family. Well, at this point with what happened with Ryan Tannehill and the contract he got, if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm sitting back, I'm saying, forget you. I'm not playing on this tag. Pay me. Same agent. There's no way he comes in. I, I you know, you see the re reports and the rumors that he turned down what 30, 35 million. How much of that is true? We don't know. But if I'm Dak Prescott, what I've done for that team and the stability I provided, how dysfunctional, Dan, does this look? Because it looks bad on paper. It looks really bad. This could get dysfunctional. I'm just saying, <laughs> call the timeout. Let's let this play out for a few days. 
Talk to me next show. Next Monday night when we come back out here, we will know if it's dysfunctional or not. It's too early yeah. to say that. Yeah, we'll see. Even though, again, I keep pointing to it, the Jacksonville Jaguars actually make a good move yesterday, and you just say, well, they're going to screw it up eventually. Well, we're seeing the Cowboys screw it up time and time again, but I'm going to let you. I'm gonna let it slide on that one. We'll drop it continued. at that. Yeah, to be continued. Mitch, do you have any thoughts here before we sign off? If the Cowboys couldn't win with that offensive line, with that elite talent they had, with Dak making four hundred thousand a year, there's no way they're going to do it with him making forty million a year. You can't say that. that's a Jason Garrett not utilizing talent. Give it time, Mitch. Players are on the field. Coaches coach. Players play. Still have a, a lot of young, talented players in Nucleus. They, they will figure this out. They through might have the a draft. lot of players. As we spend probably more time than we should have in the Dallas Cowboys because it seems like Dan wants to talk about them every week. But again, because they have some guys that are up for free agency, they are relevant. Justin, thank you so much for jumping on literally 15 minutes before we jumped on the air tonight. A live show, you had no show notes, so we really appreciate it. Tell the listeners where they can find you on social media. Talk about the podcast. What do you want our listeners to know? Um, yes, follow me at JustinFSFF on Twitter. The podcast Twitter is at FatherSonFF. We're doing about an episode a week right now. Dynasty content that until like, you know, May, May, June area. Then we go to redraft, full on redraft. Pretty successful, you know. I mean, I don't know. My dad doesn't really know much. The banter's on there. But yeah, check us out. We're going to have all of you guys come back on the show. Uh, and Dan's going to be on a second time. We got to get JB on the show. And then Mitch, you're coming up soon on our show. So, yeah, subscribe if you guys are new. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you want to find it. Whenever you want to have me on, let me know because I always enjoy – I love hosting, but I really enjoy going on somebody else's show because I don't have to edit them. So yeah. it's that much better. It's so, nice. <laughs> exactly. So, again, Justin, thank you so much. I know it was a last-second thing, but you were a real – uh camp here really filled yeah. in well I got so, subbed in i had to you know do my part and show you know i had my stuff i was ready <laughs> absolutely yeah, thank it. you so much Watch everybody me. thank you for tuning in again we were live on youtube and twitter make sure you're tuning in every single week we're going to be doing this and then you can still find us on spotify stitcher itunes podbean and you know uh sorry dan is showing his bobbleheads here i just see dax <laughs> smiling as always thank you for tuning into dynasty theory make sure you follow us on twitter <laughs> i hate you make sure you follow us on twitter and we're on instagram it's at dynasty theory ff on both have a great night